An important question I ponder this time of year. How many sweaters is too many? Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Last winter, I was regularly traveling between my inland stomping grounds to the remote Great Wass Island. This commute guaranteed that I would experience a diversity of weather as I bounced along the asphalt and dirt roads past forests, blueberry barrens, seashore, and then at last, the island. I most enjoyed driving in a light snow during frigid temperatures. Snow that was too light to impede my travel and rather would swirl and shift along the roadway as I blasted the heat in the cab. Last winter was the peak of the project to rebuild the bridge that linked Beals and Great Wass Islands to the mainland in Jonesport. To regulate the traffic past this construction site, the workers had erected a temporary stoplight which would halt traffic right in the middle of the bridge. From this perch, I was able to witness and absorb winter magic that seemed even more fleeting and special than the gentle snowfall. Swirling this way and that were delicate ghostly wisps of sea smoke appearing and disappearing in the Arctic cold just above the ocean's surface. When I was a teenage lifeguard, I became quite familiar with the mist that would rise over the warm lake on cool late August mornings. Sea smoke, by contrast, seems thinner and wispier than this inland effect, even though the physics are similar. In both cases, the surface of the water is relatively warm compared to the air above it. In the winter in the Gulf of Maine, the surface of the sea hovers right around 30 degrees Fahrenheit. For sea smoke to occur, the air temperature needs to be at or below 10 degrees Fahrenheit. If the air is still, the relatively warm water evaporates and creates a warm, moisture-laden layer right against the surface of the water. As the vapor rises from the water's surface and mixes with the frigid air above, the air's ability to hold the gaseous water vapor is inhibited, and the water is forced to condense and form visible water droplets that rise and swirl like smoke. The greater the difference between the water temperature and the air temperature, the denser the sea smoke will be. I have heard some folks call sea smoke fog, but this phenomenon is actually the complete opposite of fog. Whereas sea smoke forms when the water is relatively warm compared to the frigid air, fog forms when the air is warm and the sea is relatively cold. Because this column of warm, moist air can be quite large, fog tends to settle in a much thicker, denser layer. Sea smoke is generally thin and wispy because that warm, moist air layer is so thin atop the water and the dry, frigid air above does such a quick job of dispersing the moisture as soon as the sea smoke forms. As a result, sea smoke rarely causes visibility issues for mariners, though most would probably rather be sitting landlocked by a wood stove than being out in such freezing conditions. So the next time the thermometer hovers around zero, you might consider filling up an insulated flask with coffee and heading over to your favorite nearby seaside spot in search of sea smoke. While not unique to Maine, sea smoke becomes increasingly uncommon the farther south you go, so we are lucky to regularly get to experience this wintertime magic. Often sea smoke is more prevalent at sunrise due to the generally calm conditions. 
That also happens to be the ideal time for the hobby photographer to capture the delicate wisps of sea smoke as they catch and scatter the early golden light of a Maine winter. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 